like, if you ever steal from my personal stores again, my cock might just, just slip in, in your ass. And he's like, I haven't stolen anything. Don't lie. lie. everyone welcome back to the Slither Claw review i'm madison and i'm dea and today we are doing the goblet of fire movie comparison finally wrapping up Very the goblet exciting. of fire and we're starting with the spell and the character of the episode and dea is gonna start us off today so our character for this episode is angelina johnson she was first mentioned in the sorcerer's stone and is a female witch her appearance is described as having dark skin and being very pretty. She goes to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry and is in Gryffindor. Uh, her skills and achievements include being the Gryffindor Quidditch team chaser and captain, being a member of Dumbledore's army, and fighting in the Battle of Hogwarts. And a magic fact is that Angelina went to the 1994 Yule Ball with Fred Weasley. Fun. Love our girl. And the spell of the episode is Ascendio. Ascendio is used to propel the caster upwards, and the etymology of this word is that in Latin, ascendere means to climb. The magical moment for the spell is that in Goblet of Fire, the movie, Harry uses the charm to reach the surface of the Hogwarts Lake during the second task, which he does not do in the book, and we will discuss later. And this charm was also used by Newt's commander in Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, while attempting to escape a pack of Madagots. That's fun. That's a good spell mm-hmm. for this episode. Oh, yeah. That was a good pick. Thank you. Oh my god, I try. Yeah, you were great. And now on to discuss this movie, which is very long and very different. So different. Which honestly is surprising for how long the movie is, is how much they vary. And like some things I get, like you leave things out because you have to fit a time limit, but also the things that they change for seemingly no reason so yeah a little just a fun fact before we even start is that uh warner brothers originally wanted to split this movie and then onwards into two films um which obviously we know they didn't do they just split the last one but um mike newell who was the director of this film was kind of on the rocks about whether to do two films or not and alfonso Cuaron, who directed prisoner of azkaban is actually the one that convinced him um to not do it and to just stick to one film and cut what he needed well he sucks yeah i was like this is a missed opportunity personally I- yeah it was a big missed opportunity too when they got to order the phoenix mm-hmm it's the longest book. This one, like, honest, this one could have been two. If like, I feel like they could have packed in more of the suspense, more of the buildup if they had done two. Because this movie feels really rushed when you compare it to the book which we just read. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Because Mike Newell also said that like when they were doing the script, like they were focusing on Harry's journey in the Triwizard Tournament, and they cut out anything that had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Which I get it, but like. The book isn't just a Triwizard Tournament. There are other stuff in it, and you really miss that in this movie. Speaking of things they completely cut out, Bertha Dorkins just does not, not exist. It. Same with Ludo Bagman. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Winky. exist. Winky doesn't exist. Dobby doesn't show up. Dobby does not show Snow up at spew. all. Nope. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that they completely cut out Spew. You could just put like a little funny tidbit in there about it. I know. Just like build it up. Because like, even in Order of the Phoenix, they don't make it as big of a deal as mm-hmm. it is. But yeah, and this one is just completely cut out. Yeah, um, and like we're starting at the beginning of the movie. My first note right off the bat is that they added Barty Jr. to the scene with Frank, Wormtail, and Voldemort. Like, why is he there? What? Yeah, I don't. That's a thing that like you can see consistently through the film is they add 
Barty Crouch into things that in the books we don't know that it's him or he's not in it at all which Mm -hmm. I guess from a movie standpoint it's to drop in those hints that like he's gonna be important but it's yeah it's completely different from the books and his characterization is all wrong he's supposed to be when he gets sent to prison or whatever he's supposed to be that timid blonde boy crying for his mother crying for his father and he's supposed to be on trial on his own and suddenly they like combine these trials together and we see him as First of all, Already he insane. looks wrong. He looks wrong. And then he's obviously evil. And what's up with the tongue thing? Why does he do that? Personally, I love his little tongue thing. Why does he do it? Is I'm, he like Snake? Does he like, oh, I'm a snake. Like, I'm, Honestly, that was a, it's a David Tennant thing. He's the one who chose to do that for the character. I don't like it. I, I personally love I it. I think it's funny, but I think it's weird. I think casting David Tennant was also a choice. I think, because obviously this movie was coming out and the books weren't finished yet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm I'm convinced that they thought Barty Crouch was going to play a bigger role than he did. So like, yeah, let's get David Tennant. That's a big name. And then obviously he doesn't yeah. make play a bigger role. But David Tennant was a wild casting choice, but I love it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, he's not in that scene. And then also immediately after we cut to the burrow and Harry's already there. So we don't get the Dursleys in this movie at all. We don't get the Weasleys coming to get him. Like he's just already there. He beat Hermione there, which mm-hmm. in the books it's the opposite. And they're like getting ready to right go right away for immediately. the World Cup. Yeah. So no Bill, no Charlie, and Percy and Molly aren't in this either. The loss of Bill and Charlie truly is a travesty to this fandom, to this franchise, to the entire world. It really is. We could get rid of Percy because Percy's annoying. But we deserved Bill and Charlie in this movie. We really did. Also, just a fun fact, the reason Percy's not in this is because Chris Rankin, who's the one who plays Percy, his contract when he signed onto the movies was for four movies only. And he was already in the first three, so he had the option to either be in this one or be in Order of the Phoenix. And Chris felt that his role in Order of the Phoenix was more important, so he chose to sit this one out and instead be in Order of the Phoenix. Why did they not just extend his contract for another movie? Good freaking question. I don't know. But that's why Percy's not in this at all. The shocking thing to me is that Molly isn't in this at all like I never that it I didn't, didn't really click to me she's it. not in this yeah like that's weird it is um not important to the plot or anything but um I like how they make Cedric drop out of the tree like Edward Cullen like he was channeling that future role <laughs> I know my literal note is why is Cedric in the fucking tree lol <laughs> like that's my note <laughs> because he was Edward Cullen he's channeling channeling his future vampire yeah but like the thing that's also funny to me is that later on Draco's also in a tree I'm like what was it with them and yeah. putting these bitches in trees I, I know I made a note later on too of Draco just sitting in the tree in the courtyard like why? What are you doing in there, my dude? I don't get Dramatic it. Dramatic effect, I guess. Yeah, but the little, like, side-eye that Hermione and Ginny give each other when they see his beautiful face, yeah. that like, was a oh, mood. This man's sexy. He's pretty. Yeah. Which is, I think, I don't find Robert Pattinson attractive, but Cedric, Cedric is. Cedric is so attractive. And for what? Yeah, he's a gorgeous, he's a gorgeous man. Mm-hmm. Amos also doesn't verbally berate Harry, which is nice. <laughs> see, my note was Amos isn't a little bitch to Harry. <laughs> Yeah, because it was so unnecessary in the book, so I understand them taking that out. Yeah, not important, but I'm glad that we both took that yeah. away, because that is funny. They also take away the muggle man who owns the land when they go for the um, the World Cup, and their tent is already set up. They've got one tent, like, and I love when he walks in and Harry just goes, I love magic, because me too. Yeah, that's I one of my I want to scenes. go to that tent. I want to be there. It's so cool. Yeah, it's incredible. That scene's definitely one of my favorites. And also one of my favorites is the scene right before this when Amos, Arthur, and Cedric are just kicking. 
after the oh porky. My God. Why did they make the cor- porky travel look like that? I have no idea. And, like, why are they, like, spinning out of the air when they're, they're like, let go? I'm like, would the porky not just take you where it needs to go? Why are we letting go and exactly. spinning through the air? And also, if you are telling, why would you not, if kicking your feet is, like, a loophole to not get thrown, why would you not tell them that in advance? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't kick my feet just because of how stupid they look while doing it. Yeah, no, I'll take the L. I'll, I'll, take, I'll slam hit my on face the ground. The ground. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. I don't want to look like that. Yeah, there's also, um, I mean, it's a small thing, but like, they're not hiding magic in the World Cup. Like, there's people flying mm-hmm. around. When in the book, they make a point that like everyone had to dress like Muggle clothes it was to hide their magic. But I think that since they took away the Muggle people who own the land, they were just like, yeah, there's no whatever. Point we'll just have a free for all. Mm-hmm. And I think one big difference from the beginning is that they aren't sitting in the top box. They're sitting in nosebleeds at the top. I'm not really sure why they changed this. It kind of throws off a lot of the plot from yeah. the book because, you know, the whole thing is that Winky and Barty Jr. in the box. That's when Barty Jr. steals the wand. But none of this is happening. Yeah, because they also, yeah, because they get those seats from Ludo, who's not in the movie. So mm-hmm. it's like they completely, in the books, it's great that they're at the top. But in the movies now, all of a sudden, it's a bad thing. We get Lucius Malfoy being like, enjoy it while you can. Like, just fucking outing himself. Like, okay, sir, whatever you say. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no mascots, no bets, no Crouch doesn't show up yet, like, he mm-hmm. when they're supposed to meet him now, so yeah, a lot of things is different. I also just had a random note, it's from throughout the movie, actually, so they use Sonorous to project their voice, like they're um, speaking like to the crowd, like a megaphone, whatever, but in the movies, for some reason, they make it so that it touches the side of their neck, which is never mentioned in the book that you have to make your wand touch your neck. Also, like, if you were going to put it to anywhere, would it not be, like, your throat, like, where your voice box is? Like, why would it be to, like, your carotid artery? Like, yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> it's definitely weird. It looks like he's about to kill himself, is what it, it looks really like. does. They're, like, just, like, right in the Stab side. It. it looks so stupid. Yeah, I don't like it. They also um, do that weird, like, light, like, transition. Like, we mm-hmm. completely skip the entire game. We don't get the omnioculars. Um, there's no, like... Which, if they were going to cut anything, I understand cutting the gameplay because it's not as interesting. But it would be nice to see a little bit of it because it's kind of fun to watch Quidditch. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't get that at all. Completely skips. Right to the Death Eaters attacking when everyone's still awake. Like, normally they're supposed to be asleep and get woken up, but they're still awake. And they since run. the Muggles aren't there, they're not torturing Muggles. They also burn they the just, entire camp they, to the ground. Yeah, they're just putting everything on fire. Yeah. They don't get separated in the books. Um... And Harry doesn't, doesn't get, get knocked, knocked out. out and left behind in the middle of, like, tents. And everything burns around him, but he's fine. Yeah. I mean, I get that they had to make up for everything that they skipped. Like, you know, he had to lose his wand somehow. Like, yeah. I get it, but, like, it's it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that the dark mark gets put up by Barty Crouch. We see, we see him, him do it. And also, the Death Eaters are gone by now. When the whole point of him putting it up in the books was to scare them. Mm-hmm. But, like, if they're already gone, then it kind of makes no... There's no point. Yeah. Defeats the purpose of it going up at all. And then we cut right to the train. <laughs> yeah, really jumps a lot. Like, it's really like a, we're here, we're here. Okay, now go over here, now go over here. And they're immediately going to the Great Hall. We get, well, first of all, we get Filch prancing in. <laughs> because that is what he did. He pranced. <laughs> he galloped me. in there. To yeah, he was listen. doing high knees. <laughs> really? They are like, just, just have fun with it. And he was like, bet. Yeah, and all the schools arrive immediately when they're supposed to arrive in Halloween, which is like two months later. So this is, again, a quick time jump skill. They also have, like, dances performed. I don't know. They also have these little performances. Yeah, which, I mean, it's cool, I guess, but it's... I mean, I like when they bang the sticks on the floor and stuff. I also like that, too. But you know what I absolutely hate? The mm. fact that they made Bo Battens all girls and Durmstrang I all boys. I had the same note. I hate it. What is the point? 
it doesn't make any sense. Like, because Hogwarts is boys and girls. Why would it not be the same for the other schools? It makes zero sense. Yeah, I also think, like, one of the big things that I hate about that is that it kind of takes away the fact that Floor was chosen as a champion. Because Mm -hmm. when she's chosen in the book, she's chosen from a pool of girls and boys, so it kind of shows that, yeah, she's worthy. We get a woman in here, she's worthy of being a competitor. But when you make it from an all-girls school, it's like, we have a woman by default, because it has to be a woman. It kind of takes away from her importance of the fact that she was chosen over all the other boys and stuff. So I... Mm I hate it. I do like that they call Karkaroff the High Master of Durmstrang, though. It's cool. That's fun. I, I like also that. like how the High Master calls Albus um, Albus. Albus. And then <laughs> Albus. Madame Maxime does Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> I love it. Also, the little Huggy Wardy Hogwarts song. The secondhand embarrassment. Imagine if these two schools come in, do this cool ass oh, fire breathing dragon. Hug. And they sing this, which I used to sing in middle school as a warm-up in choir, so it's like, I know all the lyrics. And he puts the lyrics up with his wand, like, in the sky. The baton. Oh my god. It's so embarrassing. So embarrassing. We get no introduction to Moody, he just kind of shows up as a professor at the feast, and for some reason he has to fa- calm the fake sky that starts, like, rumbling. Yeah, I don't understand just what to that add was. the dramatics, I guess. Yeah. There's a, that's the thing I noticed, there's a lot of drama in this. A thing, but I don't like how they made his eye look like that. Cause in the books, it's like it's just his eye, but it's like magical. Like it's like in his head. It's like it's in his like head. A weird metal. Like, exactly. Thing. I don't like the way that they made it all mechanical. I'm like that no. takes away from the magic kind of of it. Like, I kind of like his metal foot though instead of the peg leg. Yeah, that's cool. It is kind of funny. Like I think it's cool. That is really cool. Yeah. And yeah. then they whip out this really pretty ass crate, and then whoosh it, and then we get this ugly ass goblet, which I think is funny. I mean, it technically is how it is described in the book, like stone and then blue fire, but it is ugly. It is ugly. I also don't like the portrayal or the characterization of Barty Crouch Sr. And I don't know if they altered Barty because they needed to encompass Ludo as well. Mm, Because Barty, I felt like, was supposed to be much more cold, detached, judgmental. He's too squirrely off the bat in this book and, like, too, like, aloof. You know what I mean? He's too easy to talk to. I feel like he should have a more commanding presence. I agree. I also, um, I don't like the Hitler stash that they gave him. I don't see why that was... Maybe they were trying to make him scary with it, but he just wasn't doing it for me. No, it needed to be a little longer. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, and then we get the weird-ass scene to make you think Karkaroff is the villain. I don't get what that scene's even doing. Oh, like where he's sneaking into the goblet? Yeah, he closes the door. Like, I understand that's supposed to be the red herring, like, make you think it's him, but we don't get any answer to what he was actually doing in there, so it's like, what... Yeah. Okay, I guess. And then we get the one scene in this entire movie that they go to class. This is the only time they go to class. <laughs> and Moody chucks chalk at Seamus. <laughs> it's so funny. But he just turns, it's like, find a different place to put your gum, turns around, chucks the chalk at him. I think that's so funny. I know. And then we get, the, another thing that I thought was really funny is when he goes, we have three unforgivable curses. Like, Hermione says that. And then he's like, and why are they named that? And she's like, because they're unforgivable. Okay. <laughs> no fucking shit. No, really, that's crazy. <laughs> like, all right. And then he does, um, you know, the thing with the spiders, which for the most part, I thought the scene was pretty true to the books. Yeah. The one thing that I commented on was the fact that he had Neville, like, come up mm-hmm. to see him crucio this, which when I saw this, I was like, God, that's so mean. Why would he do that? And then sometimes I forget that Moody in this book is not Moody, it's Barty. And that he helped crucio He helped, parents. so it's like, when you remember that it's Barty, it's like, okay, that makes sense, because he's a dick. That's why he brought him up. But at the fir- at the beginning, I didn't realize that it's not actually Moody, so I was like, why would he do that? He's, he's so, so mean. mean. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. 
but Barty is honestly, I think, one of the best teachers besides Lupin. Truly, he missed his calling. He did like, teach them well. Like he did really good. He, Although unfortunately, we didn't see in the movies when he trains them to fight off the Imperius curse. Yeah, which also alters the plot later on because we don't see Voldemort using it on Harry, on Harry and Harry fighting back. So I think that took a little bit away. I would have liked to have seen that element added because I think that shows like that Harry's a formidable force later on when he's going against Voldemort. Yeah, it starts building up like his chosen one persona type yeah. thing. Yeah, because yeah, even with that, like Barty did a good job. Too. Honestly, if he didn't become a teacher, he'd be a good actor too. Like he took that he role did. to heart. Yeah, he drank that polyjuice potion like on the hour for however many months. He like, was doing great. Like I can't believe he chose to become evil instead. Like. He missed it. Mm-hmm. Truly. And the scene of everyone putting their names in the goblet, which is the next one over, mm-hmm. I love this scene. I think it's so fun with all the students, like the way that they're cheering on Cedric mm-hmm. and then Fred and George come in. The scene the where beards. Hermi- yes. <laughs> the scene where they like come in and Hermione's like, it's not gonna work. And they're like talking to her about it. This is the one scene that makes me understand why she originally wanted Hermione with Fred. I thought this the is the same one scene where thing. I'm like, you know what? I can see it. <laughs> I could see it too. I could see it too because I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. Yeah, I was like, I kind of like, I kind of like that. And then also the scene afterwards where Fred and George like fight, like you know, fight each other. Um, when they were filming this, just another fun fact for you. Um, they like couldn't fight each other because they're like brothers are like I don't really want to like throw a punch and so Mike Newell the director literally was like okay we're gonna fight and he literally fought them to demonstrate a this is how you fake fight someone but also b he didn't like that all the kids were calling him sir and he was like I don't want you thinking I'm like this super higher beating so um he like staged this fight to make them be like oh he's he's just the guy if I was gonna get paid to fight either one of my sisters. i do it for free. <laughs> you can take the next hour out of my paycheck. I'm doing it for free. Are give you it kidding a, give me? Give it your all. You're going to fight your sibling. Word. Say less. Say less. <laughs> Am I drawing blood or no? Like, what are you talking about? I can't fight my brother. Please. Speaking of uh, fighting blood, um, Mike Newell fractured a rib in the process of fake fighting. The are you joking? No, I'm serious. He fractured a rib. <laughs> he got into that. Oh my god. They, like, threw him in the ground, like, curb stomp him. Like. Literally. But that's a, a little fun fact for you. Fun. Um, and then we do get a little Crumb and Hermione hint where they, like, make eye contact, which I like considering that they cut out all of the library scenes. No library scenes. There's no Nothing. scenes where they could have possibly interacted at Exactly. All. I think Crumb's character really got demoted in this movie. Like, the mm-hmm. actor actually only has two lines the entire film that compose of 20 words total. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, we barely got any, like, crumb in there on it they really trimmed it down also i have a note that dumbledore is so dramatic mm-hmm. in this movie especially when harry potter's name gets pulled out the, just the dramatics of it all he's way too serious about it i it, feel like in the books dumbledore tries to make it light-hearted he tries to be understanding and the movie's like did you put your name in the goblet of fire yeah it's a very like it's a point because it's like yeah like it's the we start off with the lowering of the fire and then he does the little spin move and points at the cup like already dramatic then you like you said his name gets called and in the book it legitimately makes a point to be like he asked calmly because mm-hmm. i think the importance of this is that dumbledore is the only person who believes harry mm-hmm. so the fact that he's asking him calmly he's trying to be like okay let's figure out what happened i think this scene specifically showcases the flaws of michael gambin as dumbledore because it's clear that 
it's obvious in this one that he didn't read the books, that he doesn't understand the character, he doesn't understand his motivations, because he's supposed to be Harry's the wingman, the one who gets him, and this completely undermines that, like, the way he grabs him by the scruff of his shirt, like, mm-hmm. it's aggressive. It really was a loss when they had to recast Dumbledore, and I think that Michael Gammon's portrayal of Dumbledore is what makes it so much easier when you get later on to hate him it makes it so much easier to hate him because had we had that still like very loving grandfatherly portrayal of like Dumbledore throughout the series at the end it would have been harder to accept that he was he had a malintentions like he was he was manipulating he was manipulating them so but like now because of how he was portrayed as being a little bit colder harsher you're like man forget him like what are you talking about (laughs) So, but I can understand, like, when you have Dumbledore, like, sympathizers when they read the books. But from the movie perspectives, there's no way. Yeah, there's absolutely, yeah, no way. I also, um, just another fun fact for you, all the Durmstrang students, um, have shaved heads. Mm -hmm. Don't know if you noticed that. Uh, the reason why this is, is because the actor who played Crumb, after he got cast, he went home and he shaved his head, uh, not knowing that he wasn't supposed to do that because his hair was part of the reason why they hired him for the role. And so when they, like, called him back to, like, start, he was like, oh, yeah, I shaved my head also, by the way. Is that okay? They were like, what? (laughs) You weren't supposed to? Okay, it's fine. We'll just have all the other Durmstrang students also shave their head. And that's why they all have shaved heads. I heard that story. That was a real loss. I know, because he's hot. <laughs> yeah, he would have looked so hot with hair. I met him at LeakyCon last year, and he's he's a fine-ass man with <laughs> with the hair, so it was a loss, but yeah, he's really sweet. He told that story on stage, and I was like, that's so funny. Honestly. <laughs> and then, um, they're in some weird trophy room when this whole thing goes down yeah, also, which is... Weird. I Instead of, like, didn't... a side room off of the Great Hall, they, like, yeah, I don't stumble get on down it. to a trophy room. I do like the way that Madame Maxine walks in all angry and then smacks the lamp that <laughs> almost hits her in the head. That yeah. was funny. And then I also, this is just me, but mm-hmm. why do they call them all Triwizard Champions when no one's won yet? They should be Triwizard participants. Why are they champions? No one's won yet. <laughs> is that just me? Like, <laughs> um, so the only thing Contestants, is... Contestants, something else. Like, I'm thinking of old medieval like whatever they like choose your champion you know what i mean because technically they're champions for their house and they're competing so like i think that's more of a differing like maybe here we wouldn't call them champions so what do you call the winner then what's harry the triwizard winner like that's so lame (laughs) he's the ultimate champion he's the ultimate (laughs) fighting champion he's the (laughs) all-star yeah i don't know i get it like i understand why like they're champions like i've heard like yeah, that that makes, now that you said it, that does make sense. Yeah, but then that also is, what is he, the ultimate champion? He yeah. is the Triwizard Champion. <laughs> He's the one. He's the one, yeah. yeah. We get the weird teacher meeting that's not in the books, but I guess that's just to fill in some information. Yeah, that, and to show us the Pensieve first. Yeah, which, again, not odd. But for sure. sure. Um, I actually find the scene with um, Rita in the boom, broom cupboard later on really funny. She's just like, Harry Potter, age 12. He's like, I'm not 12, I'm 14. Yeah, I think that is really funny. Also, really quick, just before this, the scene where he's, like, fighting with Ron, mm-hmm. I thought it was really funny how Ron is like, yeah, whatever. He gets in bed, he turns around, and then he's like, actually, no, I'm not done. Piss off. Yeah. <laughs> the way that he's like, no, I have to get that in there, I just thought that was really funny. One I more thing. To... He's, like, brooding in bed. <laughs> Piss off. I thought... <laughs> the simultaneous alarm. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, anyways, 
Um, one thing that I pointed about this interview was that Harry's like, this is a broom cupboard. And she goes, right, you should feel right at home then. How does she know that? How does she know that he lived in a cupboard? Yeah, is this common knowledge? Like, who knows this? Like, is this like, yeah, like, what? I thought that was weird. But the entire scene is really funny. In the books, when I read it, I'm like, mm, that's weird. But mm-hmm. I think they did a good job, like, make spinning it kind of. Because in the books, also, Dumbledore interrupts and saves him. And in the bo- in the movie, mm-hmm. this doesn't happen. So I think the scene, honestly, was pretty okay for Also, the way that they completely cut out the fact that she's an animagus. Like, oh my god! They don't include it at all. I completely didn't even know you're so right there's literally nothing to it at the end Hermione does not capture her as a beetle there's no mystery as to how she's learning all these things you are so right damn I didn't even comment on that I just completely cut it out I forgot yeah oh my god yeah you're so right which sucks because that's such a badass moment for Hermione yeah you know who else they really cut out of this movie serious justice for my man justice for my man hey you got him in a fireplace listen he was okay he looked stupid in that fireplace (laughs) who made that decision his face was made of the logs that's the the dumbest thing I've yeah, ever I heard. I hate the way they His did His head is supposed to be in the fire, not made of the logs. What are you talking about? So yeah, we, we have this meeting with Sirius in the common room. I just, I'm so mad about how he, they made his face look. Who made this choice? And the way that he's talking makes it sound like he's on his deathbed. He's like, I know, I, know, I made a comment on that too. I'm like, why he sound like that? And he gets a lot more information in his first meeting than in the book. Simply because instead they cut out the of Hogsmeade. yeah, they completely cut out when he goes to Hogsmeade and like is living in the cave with, like Buckbeak, like what? Yeah, I agree. We also don't get the dramatic fight between Harry and Ron. Like Harry just comes downstairs. I mean, Ron comes downstairs. He says one little comment and then he leaves. I'm like, I don't know. I kind of wanted that. Wanted to throw the bag at him. him. Yeah, I'm like, I want to see that. I'm like, yeah, fight, 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 fight. And then the Neville scene and Ron and Hermione coming with Ginny. That's. Not in the books. No, but I liked seeing Harry just hanging out with Neville. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I agree. That I'm not an owl. You tell him. That was also Period. a fire scene. I also find it funny that Ginny's just there. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she kind of had no purpose being there, but for sure. We do get a Charlie mention, though. Yeah, and they had the perfect opportunity, opportunity to introduce Charlie, and it would not have taken away time. It wouldn't have taken away anything. Literally, when they go see the dragon, just have him there. They could have just pointed out the redhead and be like, "There's Charlie Weasley," mm-hmm. and we would have been fine. Yeah, I I agree. And then we do get the the Potter Stinks badges, which is not what I imagined them to look like when I was imagining them in the no. books. I don't really like the way they did it in the movie. They're but very gra- like they're they're very. Big, like, colorful graphic design. Like, yeah, it's giving, I know how to use, like, Word Art or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then Harry goes to talk to Cedric, whose head is in a boy's lap, and that man, I had canon, that's his boyfriend. I will take no criticism. (laughs) That's his boyfriend. Cedric is our bisexual icon. (laughs) I can follow that. I can get behind that. Maybe not his boyfriend, since he does go to the date with Cho. But, like, they're talking. His sneaky link. Yeah, on the side. Yeah. His sneaky link before Cho. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we're in agreement. Mm-hmm. And then Draco's in the tree. Again, we mentioned that earlier, but for some reason. Fair enough, I guess. He just wants a vantage point of when, like who to pick on. He's spotting them out from up there. It's like, on your six, Potter, <laughs> come it up. And he's like, fuck, help me get up, help me get up. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have my dramatic entrance. Okay, how am I going to bully him today? Orphan? Mm, maybe not. Ugly? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's a good one. Maybe. No friends? Stupid friend? <laughs> good one that's the one yeah but then you know he does get his karma with the ferret which is iconic mm-hmm. he does not get put in crab's pants I in the book so but funny. i think it was a good addition i think that's hilarious yeah. 
And Moody is so unhinged, which I know is Barney Jr., but when Minerva, Minerva turns around and he sticks his tongue out at her, I think it's so funny. Yeah, my comment on this was, like, moments like this really kind of shine how it's not Moody, it's Barty, and Barty is, like, he's not, like, a youngin', but he's definitely a lot younger than Immature. Moody and everyone else is supposed to be, yeah, and he was supposed to have spent you know, time with the Death Eaters, a brief stint in Azkaban, hidden. So it's like, he's immature. His brain probably hasn't fully developed. So it's like, things like this really, like, showcase, like, And unfortunately, he does stick his tongue out a lot, apparently. Like, he does that. So it makes sense that he would do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I just, this was, does Hermione come to the tent in the books? I don't think so. Okay, because I was like, I don't think this is in the books, but I couldn't remember. I think they added this simply because in the book, we have the whole plot line of her pissing off Rita, and then we get the Witch Weekly article, which sends the spiral into Hermione being Harry's girlfriend. They cut all of that out, so to add it, they had them hugging, and then they they snapped a picture and put it in the Daily Prophet. I think that that was just a plot device to include that little element in the book. That makes sense, yeah. Because another comment I had, it's in here somewhere, is that they're really pushing the harmony agenda in this movie. The amount of Harry and Hermione scenes that we get and things where she's just like, she'll just grab his shoulder or like kiss his head. I'm like, damn, they're <laughs> they're pushing the ship. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and then we get this long-ass fucking dragon scene, even though in the books it's like two pages max. Harry literally immediately accuses his broom, hops on, goes through the bag, gets his egg. I don't understand why they made him fly out. And then Hermione's like, use your wand. Shut the of like why they go all the way around the castle he like falls off and he hangs on it it doesn't make any more sense i feel like all of the fighting and the conflict is not relevant to the book get done with that and add more details of what is important i think it was a waste of screen time like i think it made no sense i get maybe you know they wanted to add the drama add the who Mm -hmm. because this also like the dragons were, it was a real puppet. Like, they recycled the basilisk puppet, turned it into the dragon, and it actually really did breathe fire. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. So, I guess if you spend a lot of money on that, they're like, let's th- put the dragon in there as many times as we can. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't think it was necessary to have him fly around Hogwarts and shit. Like, this was valuable time that could have been used elsewhere. Do you think when he, like, he leaves, leaves the arena, like, out of their view? Do you think they're just sitting there like, la-di-da, he'll come back yeah, eventually? Like, like mm, he okay. might be dead, but, like... Does anyone want to get a snack while he's gone? Like, yeah, because even, like, Hermione, like, she cheers when she sees him coming back. So it's like, they were literally just, like, sitting there waiting. Yeah. And why was there not more, like, like a barricade? Was, was there not a barrier in the book? I thought there was. Like, an invisible barrier to yeah. keep them in that I area? Thought, I'm I pretty thought sure so it was, like, too. a little dome. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up, but because it, it makes sense. But I thought they did, so. Yeah. Also, I feel like... Because I was watching this movie, and I was like, damn, if I was in this position, what could I have done? Could he not hypothetically just have, like, hidden behind a rock, and then been like, Wingardium Leviosa, and then bring the egg to him, and then done? I feel like that would have been my strategy. Could we not just Accio egg? That is so true, you could also Accio egg! <laughs> uh, but there, remember we did talk about there are things that you can't Accio. So okay. maybe they thought about that, and they were like, no, that's too easy, and then they took it off. But no one Wingardium Leviosa it. still stands, though. I feel like it would take a lot of magic, though, to... Like, Wingardium Leviosa the... Are you talking about, like, Leviosa the dragon? No! <laughs> like, are we lifting the dragon? <laughs> the egg! But then it just what? lifts. That... You would still need Accio to get it to you. If you're just Wingardium Leviosa, it's just gonna go up. Well, can you... Wait, hold on. Because in my head, I've been imagining Wingardium Leviosa as, like, the force. Like, you Wingardium Leviosa, you make it go up, and then you can make it fly closer to you and then drop it in your lap. From that, far, I... from that far away, would you not know How he far was... away was he? It was like 10 feet. It was pretty... The arena was not that much. Okay, but it was pretty far considering there was a, a huge dragon in the way. I feel like if it's that far away, at that point they're like, nah, you gotta use Accio if you're gonna want it to come to you. 
I mean, fair enough, I guess. I don't know. He crawled around on the rocks a lot. He really did. He really did. I was stressing out. I was like, man. <laughs> yeah. And then we finally, we get to this article, like we talked about, that of the picture of them hugging. And Hermione's actually butthurt about the article, which she was not in the book. And it comes out way too early in the movie. It's not in Witch Weekly. It's in The Prophet, which those are minor details, but, but things you yeah, notice. a thing. We mm-hmm. get, um... This was something that I just noticed is in the party scene where he's, like, with the egg and stuff. There's a dude in the background, which... Seamus wears this later on, but it's just, like, a black hoodie with the Hogwarts crest on it, which is further pushing that there's a Hogwarts merch store mm-hmm. somewhere in the castle, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want that hoodie. Also, when Hermione's looking at that thing, and Ron um, gets his little, like, dress robes or whatever, who the fuck is Nigel? That is a completely random character that is not in the books. Mm-hmm. Isn't that... Like, I was like, maybe that was supposed to be Colin or Dennis. Because it's Dennis Creevy and, like, shit. That's, like, the annoying one. Yeah. I'm like, who's Nigel? Nigel's just Nigel. He's just doing stuff. Like, he's just <laughs> doing <laughs> You can't question Nigel. This random man. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, Nigel. Sure. He's here. And then, of course, he gets his robes late. He's supposed to have them from the start. Mm-hmm. And then later on, Harry comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, these are my dress robes. Where did Harry get those from? Yeah, if, if Molly didn't buy them for yeah, him. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. where did that come from? So that's... He just, I guess, had them. There's also the added scenes of the dancing lessons, which I don't hate. They are kind of fun. I love that they had Ron dance with McGonagall. I think it's I funny. need you to think, I need you to put this image in your head, right? Uh-huh. So, it is canon that all heads of houses taught their students how to dance for the Yule Ball. Snape I need you to think, dancing. Snape <laughs> teaching the Slytherins how to waltz. And then Flitwick, our favorite little three-foot-tall man. Teaching the Ravenclaws. <laughs> I would be so down for that. I'd volunteer. <laughs> I got you, Flitwick. I got you, Flitwick. You can step man. on my toes. Yeah. My man. Aww. But I was just thinking, I was like, damn, if I was in Hogwarts in this time, I'd be I'd be learning from Snape. That would really suck. That'd really <laughs> suck for you. It would. Also, there's no way there's that many Gryffindors in years four through seven. There's ten of them in Harry's year. Right. I'm like, there's there's at least 70 kids in there. I'm like, there's no way. Also because they're not just Gryffindors in there. Because remember, isn't Draco and them in there? No, it's literally just Gryffindors. She's teaching years four through seven Gryffindors how to dance. That's whack. There's so many kids in there. I know! I'm like, there's not that many kids in there. Yeah. But alas, Seamus' tie is once again comically short and wide. I don't understand why they keep doing that, but it's funny. It's his brand at this point. Yeah, I guess so. And Neville practicing in the dorm. So cute. I love that for him. He's so excited for the dance. I love it. I also just want to talk to whoever made Madame Maxime pick something out of Hagrid's beard and eat it while they were talking. Eats it. I thought maybe, at first when I saw it, I thought maybe it was going to be a hint at um, Rita being a beetle, like, because since they took away all the other scenes where she was a beetle. Yeah. So I thought maybe then, but then no, she sticks it in her mouth, so she just ate something out of Hagrid's beard. Yeah. That entire conversation also threw me for a loop, because he spends a good four lines talking about how little his dad was, and the conception of Hagrid being born just keeps me up at night. Yeah. It's, I don't understand logistically, and like... Let's not dive into that okay. yet. That's a, that's a time, that's a story for another time. Um, anyways, this conversation between Hagrid and Madame Maxime is supposed to happen during the Yule Ball, so it's way too early. Yeah. Also, she does here. not freak out at him insinuating that she's half-giant. They're, yeah. like, just cool the whole movie. There's no fight. There's no falling out. Yeah. Right. That is... There's but, no um, Dumbledore's big mistake, either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't get... Yeah, damn. That is... They cut out a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And then we get to this weird detention is what it is. I looked it up because I was like, oh, there's detention. Yeah, because I was like, there's people from all houses and all years. So I was, I was like, what is this? Why if does Hermione supposed- have detention? That's what, that was my next note. I was like, if this is detention, why is Hermione, what does she do to get detention? But I do love Snape manhandling. I I, I did wonder what that was. I thought maybe it was like a free period where they had to go do certain amount of work. Like a study hall. Like a study hall. That's what I yeah. thought too. But it's detention. It's detention. That's why Hermione at the end goes up and like hands something in where Snape's handing at the front. Oh. It's because that's what she was doing for detention. Weird. Yeah. It's very weird. Also, then Harry runs into Cho in the Owlery and asks her to the ball instead of like isolating her from her friends in the halls. Yep. Which I don't think it was that big of a difference. It was fine. Yeah. The only thing is, the owl is rough. You could see the owl shit all around them. I was yeah. like, it must smell awful Terrible. in there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Secondhand embarrassment. Poor man. Truly. It was it was gruesome. It really was. Yeah. It was really rough. But they do eventually... We do get Ron with his whole asking for... He's like, I don't know what came over me. I just... I did it. Which um, is, again, that we do get the hint that, like, she is part Vila, which, but again, the Vilas aren't even in the beginning, so it's like, it's kind of like a It's also never, away. Vilas are not even mentioned. That's true, the, yeah. Like, so there's not even a We infer thing. that, but they don't say that out loud. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, but I guess. Yeah. They, they do get their dates. They decided to make Parvati twins, this, Parvati, Parvati, we decided that. Was yeah, Parvati, Parvati twins in the same house. Yeah. Padma's supposed to be a Ravenclaw, but. Yeah. They just premiered. They also did them so dirty with their Yule Ball dresses. Like, I've seen traditional Indian gowns, and they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They did them so dirty with these dresses. Also, the actresses are not related whatsoever. Parvati and Padma? Yeah. They're not? They're, the two actresses that play them, they're not related. They don't know each other. Like, they did not know each other before filming this. Mm, seems problematic. <laughs> A little bit, yeah, right? <laughs> but then um, we get uh, Hermione's big Cinderella reveal moment with her pink dress not periwinkle yeah i like i just wish it was periwinkle i love but that's pers that's just partial because i like the color yeah but and i don't know if i've mentioned this and i feel like i mentioned this in the prisoner of Azkaban i know movie. we've talked about it but i don't know if we talk about it on the podcast yeah i'll reiterate it just in case um the reason hermione's dress is a different color in this movie is because when they were filming prisoner of azkaban alfonso wanted to get let the students wear more like street clothes instead of always being in their um uniforms in order to give them more of a personality and so when they were doing this they assigned colors to each of the trio to like make their costume easier and you know make it easy to pinpoint them so harry's color was blue ron's was red and hermione's was pink which in prisoner we see her in the pink jacket in deathly hollows we'll see her again in a pink jacket and stuff and that's why in this movie her dress was pink instead of purple because they were not purple, blue periwinkle, because mm-hmm. they established her as a pink palette, so they kept with it. The dress is pretty, though. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous. She looks very, very pretty. And then we get a really funny scene of Moody being drunk as shit. Truly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's Barty. He's just vibing. <laughs> like, that's him. And we, of course, don't have the meeting between Hagrid and Madame Maxime, so the boys don't overhear this convo and find out, you know, he's half giant. No. But Neville had the time of his life. So. He really did. I'm really proud of him. And the Weird Sisters, which are men in this, so we probably should have known that. We should have put that together. I don't know why we didn't. Well, because honestly, when things in the movies are not how I imagine them from the books, I just assume that they changed it or got it wrong. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. It happens a lot. So I think I just gloss over that. I'm like, I see men. I'm like, that's wrong. Yeah, I'm like, nope, that's not it. But the Weird Sisters are played by Radiohead. <laughs> Which I think so is funny. so funny. Flitwick crowd surfing during them playing is also iconic and really funny. 
And I know you mentioned that Harry doesn't, like, they don't overhear Hagrid and Maxime's conversation because it happened earlier. Mm -hmm. But we do get that Snape and Karkaroff scene in the courtyard where there are carriages for some reason. I don't know why there's carriages. They're not going anywhere. They're all staying in Hogwarts. Decoration, I guess. No, I'm telling you, they put them there specifically so students could hook up. Dumbledore was like... I'm going to be clutch. I'm going to give him a spot to do it. <laughs> I'm going to be clutch. And then Snape was like, no, I'm going to narc. And he get that Snape little Snape is scene. the ultimate narc. He really is. But it's funny. I like the scene. I think it's so funny. It is really funny. Yeah. So we do get that, but we don't get mm-hmm. any of those other scenes. I, I don't like the over-dramatics of the fight between Hermione and Ron and how they, like, fight publicly like right outside the great hall and like she cries and like sits down I just yeah it was a lot for me <laughs> yeah I didn't really I mean they're it was kind of yeah to push that whole like they're in love your honor like they're just both dumb your but honor, like they're in love <laughs> but it was just yeah it was a little extra I was like okay Hermione mm-hmm. would not be crying in public but for sure yeah and now we get Cedric telling Harry to take a bath with the egg and it's two days before the second task they're Dude, speed running this. <laughs> two days before the task, and he's finally like, take a bath with the egg. Like, what? And then, yeah, he says, the, the way that he explains it to him in the books is already kind of funny, but the way that he says it in the movie, I'm like, fruity. Mm. <laughs> it was like, so right. fruity. He's like, you know the bathroom? The prefect bathroom? Nice place to take nice a bath. Nice place to take a bath. If you get what I mean. Get my drip. I'm gonna be there tomorrow. <laughs> yep. I also love that right before that, when Harry's talking with Hermione, she's like, Crumb's more of a physical being. Bro. I was like, my girl! <laughs> The insinuations, which is so, like, gross, because it, like, they're in their fourth year. She's 15, he's 18. Yeah, like, gross. But either way, she said that, I was like, get it! (laughs) Please. But yeah, and then he does listen to his thing, we get the prefect bath, which does look really pretty. Mm -hmm. I would, I would definitely want to be a prefect for that. Also, Myrtle makes an offhanded comment about seeing... Polyjuice potion clogging a drain, mm-hmm. which she doesn't make in the book, but I think it's a clever little hint mm, because it's kind of slid in there. Like, why is there polyjuice potion? Yeah, I do. Also, Myrtle's like extra creepy in the movie. Yeah, this scene, listen, in the books we already discussed that it was weird, but yeah. the movie makes it 10 times creepier because Daniel Radcliffe is actually 14 filming this and Myrtle's actress is 32. Take away that. You don't even have to know that. It's extra creepy because there are, A, fewer bubbles, and B, when he goes under the water with the egg, she goes with she him. She goes with him. Myrtle needs to be stopped. <laughs> what is what is Joe Biden's plan to stop promoting <laughs> Myrtle? <laughs> no, seriously, yeah, I hated every second of that. I was like, alright, let's move on. Super gross. Also because they cut out a lot, they cut out him wandering with the Marauder's Map, getting caught by, almost caught by Snape and Filch, and then seeing Barty, Barty, um, Barty Crouch on the map, which we know is Barty Jr. stealing from Snape's office, but we don't get that. Mm -hmm. Also, speaking of which, because they don't have Winky, because they don't do this map and everything, do they ever explain how Barty Crouch Jr. did not, like, die in Azkaban? Nope, because they don't even tell you he supposedly died in the movie which is why the movie it's with all these hints and stuff it's easier to guess that plot twist Mm -hmm. because we never once are told oh yeah barty crouch jr is dead but like they Mm -hmm. never tell us that so it's yeah they completely gloss over that entire part of his backstory because we see him get sentenced so then obviously we know that he's the one who cast the dark mark and everything we don't know if he's necessarily moody but we know he's somehow involved in some way Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, they we see him getting sentenced to Azkaban, and then he's just not there. So they completely cut out the whole, he's under the Imperious curse, he's being taken care of, has swapped places with his mom. His mom's his the mom, one had died. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. all of that is gone. Yeah. So I'm like, completely. he just isn't in jail? Hello? Yeah, nope, he just isn't. Yeah, they completely cut that out. Like, they don't even tell us he's dead. It's, yeah, it's weird like, reading into it like this, because, like, you really realize, like, damn, that was an important part of it. Yeah. And they just skipped it out of the movies, and yet it still made sense. Yeah. So now we're approaching the second task. Moody fetches Ron and Hermione, um, not the twins, and Moody then, you know, being, well, Barty Jr., being a little sneaky sneak he is, summons Neville to help Harry put his books back. And I like this next change. I like that Neville was the one who suggested using the gillyweed. I like that he figured it out, that it will allow him to breathe underwater. I think it gives Neville his time to shine, even though it removed Dobby from the entire movie. And because it was Neville and not Dobby, Harry does not know that they've taken Ron. Yeah. But I liked that they gave Neville this because they take a lot away from Neville. So give him this. I agree. I think this was a nice change. Because, yeah, the whole reason Dobby and Winky weren't in this movie, because they originally were planning to put them in, but they, because of time constraints, they didn't have time to do the whole CGI. Mm -hmm. So that's why they ended up cutting them. But, yeah, I agree. I think this is cute. You know, it's not cute. All of them diving gracefully into the lake and then Harry having to be pushed by Moody. (laughs) And he's just struggling. Because it's like... Gills are coming in, and he's just, like, flailing. Moody just shoves him off. <laughs> so funny. It's so... Because the other three are, like, in perfect sync. They get the perfect dive. <laughs> and then we have Harry. Mm-hmm. And then he does that weird-ass flip into in the, the air. air. <laughs> yeah. For sure. There's no Grindelows for him to fight off originally. He just kind of gets to the middle. He finds them. There's also not a lot of time where he's like, oh, my God, the other people aren't going to be saved. Cedric shows up, like, right away. Immediately. Crumb... 15 seconds later, yeah. Also, I was thinking about this. I'm like, this must be the most boring thing to watch. Like, I thought that reading the books, Mm -hmm. but actually seeing it play out, I'm like, what are they... (laughs) They're just watching still water. Exactly. Also, when he's going up, so finally he saves Ron and little Delacour, Gabrielle. Gabrielle. And now the Grindelow's attack? What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? And then, so, like, somehow their bodies just flow to the surface He's getting dragged down. He goes unconscious. And then he decides to go, Hosundio! Because apparently now he can use his magic underwater. Now that's a thing, yeah. Yeah, and then flies out of the water onto the Lands little perfectly dock. on the deck. What? Imagine if he missed just two centimeters to the left. Just slaps back into the water. <laughs> Hits the metal pole. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ah, shit! Someone get him! <laughs> Neville's crying. There's blood like, everywhere. Fuck. No, but seriously, what was the point of that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it at all. Just leave the Grindelows where they were. Let him get out like normal. Why? Yeah, no. I didn't I didn't get it either. I didn't like it. Crumb CGI turning back into a human kind of made up for it. <laughs> that was <laughs> so good. freaky. I'm so freaky. Like, that was that was funny. It was also interesting how they portrayed the bubble head charm. Because I imagined it like a full head, like a like, like an, an astronaut, old, like an old, yeah, like mm-hmm. an or like an old timey like diving thing. Yeah, but it's just like almost like a um, a snorkeling like a, like a, type thing. Yeah, like when you go um, with a tank, yeah, like, almost diving. like the mouthpiece, like for a scuba diver. Yeah. So I'm like, that's interesting. 
portrayal of it. Not how I imagined it, but not terrible. Yeah, that's not how I imagined it either. Because I figured, I was like, if you have it all over your head, it helps protect your eyes, too, so you can, like, see. Yeah. So I was like, that just made sense to me, but... Yeah, apparently not. No. Then we have this crouch scene, like, Barty, like, crouch senior talking to Harry Mm -hmm. after the task, which my comment on this was that they call him Bartamius, which... I I understand now that there is an I in there, mm-hmm. but I've been saying Bartimus my whole life, and hearing that just threw me for a loop. I've also never heard the name Bartimius. I've heard the name Bartimus. Yeah. So I just I don't care. I will continue to say Bartimus, but it, it threw me for a loop. I was like, "Hello!" I was like, "What the fuck did he just say?" Yeah, and obviously, like we mentioned before, they rearrange this crouch plot line so he doesn't go missing he's not loopy but in this sense his personality is weird for what he's supposed to be yeah so yeah um my next note is this is cute but it's different in the books i couldn't tell you what that's about um <laughs> have no i do <laughs> have no idea what that note means <laughs> maybe i don't know i don't know about being cute but my next note about it being different in the movie is that literally right after that Harry and Ron and Hermione and Hagrid oh, are in the forest, and then there's just Barty's dead body laying there. That's what it is. I thought it was cute how Ron and Hagrid are like, Hogwarts, like they're singing it and they're having, that's the cute part. Yeah. But yeah, it is different in the books. This man was supposed to be turned into a bone. He was supposed to fight Victor Crumb. No mysterious disappearance. Yeah. Just dead body in the woods. Yeah. No Hermione finesse. and Ron are not there, so it's like, yeah. Very, very different. But... I mean, I get it. That is traumatizing, though. Like, just seeing that dead body, it's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, and since we don't hear from him going crazy, we don't hear about his son, Voldemort, Bertha Dorkins, but Bertha Dorkins doesn't exist, so. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of changes. It's freaking crazy. He does go up to Dumbledore's office. Um, Again, no Ludo. Um, And they leave. He gets into the pensive by these little leech candies. It's not how he finds the pensive in the books, but for sure, mm-hmm. I guess. And then they kind of condense all of the trials into one. Like, we don't get Ludo's trial at all, and then we don't get Bellatrix, Barty, or the Lestranges. Like, Barty is just not even on trial. He's just sitting mm-hmm. in the crowd. For some reason, he's there, like, as a member of the Wizard Gamut, but, like, he's supposed to be a 19-year-old boy. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. They condensed all of that. He... Tries to escape, but then they stun him and, and he stuff. does his little tongue thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't I still don't know. And then Harry at this point remembers seeing Barty Jr. in the dream and tells Dumbledore. Which, which again, is a big difference. Not supposed to be there. Exactly. And this seems to be the first time Dumbledore is hearing about the dreams, assuming he's not that in communication he's not in with contact Sirius. With Sirius. And he tells Harry not to linger over these dreams and to cast them away instead of explaining them like he does in the books, which, again, lends to the Dumbledore has an agenda, mm-hmm. because in the movies, they really make it that way. Yeah, they really do. They really paint him as, like, this man is morally gray. Yeah. Like, he's not the all-star good person you think he is. No. And then we get to my favorite scene. <laughs> oh my god. I think ever. <laughs> Great. Because all... Okay, I'm talking about the scene where Snape sees Karkaroff and Snape... What did I just say? Harry sees Karkaroff and Snape in his, like, storeroom. Karkaroff, like, storms off after very clearly showing his dark mind. Like, he was, like, he definitely saw that. Mm-hmm. Whatever, though. He just leaves. And then... <laughs> the only thing that I can think of when I watch this scene <laughs> is that TikTok audio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's, like, 
like if you ever steal from my personal stores again my cock might just slip in, in your ass and he's like i haven't stolen anything don't lie <laughs> no because that tiktok audio sends me every time it lives in my head rent free in your ass <laughs> unnecessarily good and so like hearing the actual thing i'm like it's still funny like he's like don't lie but the, i only think of that audio i can't it is it's just it's so much better oh god Oof. but we don't get molly and bill coming to see harry before Sad. the third task because again they are just not in this movie um and again this is just a boring ass game you're just staring at these hedges mm-hmm Mm-hmm. There's also no lead up to this task. Nothing. There's no Harry learning all like Reducto learning the point me like learning right all these spells to get ready. He doesn't do any of that because I guess for the movie he doesn't need to. There's no obstacles. They face no obstacles That's except so the hedges true. are just evil now for they, some reason. Yeah, the hedges attack them, but there's no sphinx. There's no spider. No there's mist. no golden mist that turns everything upside down really frequently. The Friggin' blast-ended screws that made an appearance every two chapters are not in this at all. Like, because, again, they only go to class the one time. Yeah, because they were a big part of the books. They were. Which, speaking of um, care magical creatures, because there's no article about Hagrid, we never meet Grubbly Plank. Oh, that's true. We never meet Grubbly Plank, which means we never see the unicorns. Yeah, so we don't. We also don't get the the leprechaun gold stuff and Ron being like, well, how do I enter it? We don't get any of that. Yeah, and because we didn't have Ludo Bagman... The twins were never owed money by Ludo Bagman. That's why we don't find out about the leprechauns. And we still don't have that whole plot line. Yeah. Oh my god. We just keep uncovering more and more mm-hmm. shit. Damn. So we're jumping into the thick of this third task. Which, and... the maze is huge. It's supposed to be in the Quidditch pitch. That shit's not in the Quidditch pitch. Like... What were they expecting them to do? Like, with that? Go in there for a week? Yeah. Hello? Like, I... Oh. And then the red sparks thing, like... They fly them up in the air, and then they disappear. How quickly are you thinking you're going to yeah. get to them? You're going to forget where because those came from. Because in the book, they make it sound like it sticks up there. Exactly, yes. Like it stays over and marks where the body is. Yeah. But they don't do that in the movie, so it's just like, help! And then it's like, ah, fuck, where'd they go again? Yeah. And the only thing I... I didn't really like how you can visibly see that Crumb is under the Imperious Curse with, like, the milky eyes. Yeah. Because I kind of like that it's ambiguous, like, what is he doing? Yeah, like, Why is, is he, he attacking everyone? He also does not use um, Crucio on Cedric, so Harry doesn't have to save him. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. Floor crying the entire time she's in the maze is so me, though. I would when not... She, when her body gets dragged That's into terrifying. the terrifying. Quite, oh my god. That's so terrifying. You just see her, just like her hand, just like getting, oh, no, I hate that shit. Because now I'm like thinking, I'm like, what happened to her? Yeah. Like, was that part, like, did they just take her underground and pop her up? Because she's there at the end when Harry gets yeah. back. So it's like, what the fuck did they do to her How body? get her? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That was crazy. Yeah. And then the crazy thing, another crazy thing to me is like, Cedric, I think it's implied that he was about to kill Crumb with the way that Harry's like, Cedric, don't. Like, I was like, was he about to have a cadaver this man? Like, he was... <laughs> well, maybe he was... Yeah, I don't know. Like, that was that was intense. <laughs> it, it got a little crazy there for a moment. It did. And then Cedric almost gets dragged under by the roots. But, you know, Harry's like, mm, do I want to help? He hesitates. He's like, wait. Visibly. Reducto. But then they talk about it. He's like, I thought you were going to let it take you for a moment. He's like, I thought I was going to let it take you for a moment. <laughs> Which was so real of him. Me too, dude. I'm like, mm, do I want to save him? Ah, yeah, I'll save him. That was, that was good honesty. Yeah. 
And there's no time for them to bicker about who takes the cup. No, Because the hedges start, like, They're just, coming for them. They're coming. They're like, and they're like, okay, we'll take it together. And they run. I do appreciate that the hedges, I'm going to say the hedges as if they're living people. Um, mm-hmm. I do like that the hedges give you a warning by throwing that wind out. They're like, we're coming. Here's the wind. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I appreciate that. It's the least they could do if they're going to drag their body underground with roots. Yeah. Um, do you think that it's meant to be a warning or do you think it's just because the force of them coming together is blowing air, like physics? You know what I mean? Like, just... And this, my friends, is why I'm a Slytherin and you're a Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, it's not a magical wind. It's just I, from the force of them coming together. I was just like, oh, they're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> they just blow on them a little bit. They're like... <laughs> I love these little moments where our houses just really shine through. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, it makes sense why there would be air, but okay. Anyway, they're in the graveyard now. Um, <laughs> Baby Voldemort is even more terrifying than I could imagine. I don't, I don't, I hate it so much. And the, you know what else I hate? Hmm. The way Robert Pattinson is holding his wand. I know he said... <laughs> like a gun. He said that he was nervous and he didn't really like it, so he was like, I'm gonna hold it like a gun, but what the fuck is this? I had nobody correct him. Also, when in the last episode we mentioned how I thought that within a few seconds of being in the graveyard, I've been like, mm-mm, grab that cup, we're getting out of here. In the movie, there's so much more there's time, so much time where they're, like, observing their surroundings, and I would have immediately been like, mm-mm, The way Harry creepy. even was like, I've been here before. Oh, this is Voldemort's name. Motherfucker, the moment you recognize Voldemort's name, you skedaddle. Yeah, he's like, grab the cup, grab the cup. Also, how does Wormtail fully cut off his hand... And not bleed out. ...does not flinch? He did not even... He, Boop, blood of the servant, willingly given. Boop, time for the blood. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? What Absolutely are you talking insane. about? Yeah, no, it's crazy. It also just brought up questions for me. I'm like, if you cut off your hand at the wrist, like, that was a perfect slice, a perfect stump. I oh, was like, he's going to be not. spurting blood. I was like, blood should be coming out. There should be a bone or two sticking out. Like, that's not <laughs> realistic. Yeah, it apparently was a magic knife. There's just no bleeding out here. Yeah, absolutely No pain not. either, apparently. No, but it was it was gross. You know what else was gross? Seeing Voldemort transform. Oh, hated that. His like little respawn scene. Mm-mm. Gross. The way that he's like in like this placenta and then he eggs. <laughs> yeah, he, like the cauldron like po- becomes part of him too. It comes out with his robe. I'm glad. Yeah, but no shoes. His dogs are just out. No, put those grippers away because when he puts them on Cedric's bare face <laughs> with his long ass toenails and like pushes his face to the side with his feet, I'm like. <laughs> no, but you know what I think is so fucking funny? That Robert Pattinson was literally paid to just lay there in the back. <laughs> They're like, just lay back there and be dead. Like, because you see him in the background mm-hmm. of some scenes, and every time I saw him, the little ye- piece of yellow, I'm like... <laughs> oh, God. Just, he's just dead. He's just getting paid to just lay there. <laughs> yeah. And then the Death Eaters show up, and my comment on this is that they're wearing bone masks. Mm-hmm. So my question is... When did they get together to have a little arts and crafts section to create their fancy metal ones? When did we upgrade from bone to the metal ones? Yeah, and when did we go from, like, dark KKK to, like, <laughs> to, like, normal robes? Because this was giving, this was giving KKK. Yeah, it was, it was very clanny. I hated it. It was bad. The pointy hats, I was like, mm, we should, this got past post-production like y'all looked at this and we're like yeah this is good yeah they're like yeah let's go with that i don't think so Mm -hmm. not my favorite i'm glad they redesigned it yeah i also don't like the way he was petting wormtail when he was talking no that was so weird (laughs) very intimate yeah i was like ooh, this this is weird also voldemort is like manic he's insane he's like oh my god oh my god grab grab the wand harry potter harry potter like he's like giving me anxiety he's so manic (laughs) i know especially the way that when he touches 
Harry, first of all, that's so dramatic. Like, the I little... Can't touch you. And then no. Harry starts screaming, and Voldemort's like, oh, bet, I'll scream louder. <laughs> so funny. He screams in his face. I'm like, what was the reason? <laughs> what was the reason? No, for real, though. And the depiction of the um, Priori and Contatum, or Priori and Contatum, is a bit different than the books, but I'm not really mad about it. Yeah. Like, small things, like, the people aren't really supposed to look like ghosts. They're supposed to look a little bit more, like, corporeal, I feel like. Yeah, like a Patronus. Yeah, and obviously the parents in this one appear at the same time. There's no Bertha because Bertha doesn't exist. There's no hand flying at the beginning, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, those things are a little different. Um, just something I had to, <laughs> to mention is right before this, mm-hmm. when he, like, forces Harry to bow before this duel... If you notice, in the back left corner, there's a Death Eater that's clapping. <laughs> Your joke. That's so funny. <laughs> He's just in the back, and you see him, like, full, like, hands flapping. He's I was like, like yeah, yeah, Master. Master's gonna kill the boy. <laughs> that shit was so funny to me. I was like, he's such a good supporter. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder which one that was. I'm headcanon. That was, I think that was crap. I'm headcanon. That was mm, crap. That'd be a good one. Yeah, right? But um, it all happens a lot faster, which is really shocking that they chose to spend so much time on that stupid dragon, and then this scene was so short. I was like, really? Especially when, in the books, so much information gets revealed here, and I feel like they skip over a lot of it. Yeah, we barely get an evil villain monologue. And I like a a good evil villain villain monologue. Yeah. They they give a little bit to party. Just a slightly bit. Yeah. But they really cut down on it. I know. I agree. Yeah. And then he pulls back up. Um, to Hogwarts with the scene of Cedric's body hitting (laughs) you hear the band I don't like how okay so I like in the books when they get back and he's supposed to be like dazed and like clutching Cedric's body but not really knowing where he is or what's happening just that he has to get Cedric's body back like he's like in shock yeah but in the movies, they make him, like, flail around and go, no, no. He's, like, like delirious, like, no, like, throwing his body over centers. I can't leave him, no. They're trying to drag him off. I don't like I that. I didn't get it. Yeah, no. I feel like the way they did in the books is a lot more realistic. It's like, I that's like traumatizing. You would legitimately be like, what? You know what else is traumatizing? Yeah. My boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, because, because. <laughs> that's my son. Amos put too much. <laughs> That actor put too much. He put his whole pussy in that. Put like too that was much good. Soul into it, my boy. Yeah, that was that was so sad. I literally can't handle it. It's too much for me. It really is because it's like we don't know anything about Cedric's mom. So it's like, what if that's all he had and now yeah. nothing? Well, Cedric's mom is in the book because they both go to visit Harry after Cedric dies. Okay, cool. So, I completely skipped over that. The both parents aren't in the book, but the way it's portrayed in the movie, you kind of get the sense that maybe it's just his dad. Yeah. Because there's no mention or viewing of the mom. That's so. a good point. Yeah, I completely put that out of my brain, but that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And then Moody takes Harry, and then immediately they're in his office. That man was running. How did he get up to his office so fucking fast? Yeah, with that metal leg, too. <laughs> he was sprinting. He's like, let's go. Yeah. And... Barty, like, realizes he has forgotten the potion and starts scrambling for more, which... Convenient timing for his little monologue. And he doesn't have any more, which I don't like. I liked how it was in the book where where Dumbledore guesses that maybe he's, like, because of the excitement, he forgot to take it. Not that he doesn't have any, because... Barty is obviously a planner. He's obviously on top of his crap because he did a lot of research to maintain this ruse. You think he's just going to run out of Polyjuice Potion? Exactly. And I think this is also part of the big big reason why... 
Barty's house is never mentioned. We canonically don't know what house he's in, and mm-hmm. everyone just kind of assumes he's in Slytherin. Mm-hmm. But there's a big headcanon that he was actually a Ravenclaw, and I think this... In the books, obviously. Yeah. I think that really gives to him being a Ravenclaw. Because, yeah, he planned. He had his backstory straight. He was taking it on that hour. Like, I see him being a Ravenclaw in this. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't I, like it. I think he could be a Ravenclaw, too. Seeing him as a Slytherin is hard because of the portrayal in the book makes it seem like he didn't have the characteristics. Like, at least when he was younger. Like, when we see him being... In the trial. In the trial mm-hmm. stuff. I don't think he portrays or exudes, like, Slytherin energy. Yeah. But... Any of the uh, like, I think Ravenclaw makes sense because he really like this whole performance. This whole thing was him. He orchestrated this whole thing, and really nobody questioned it. Yeah, it was it. his plan. Like it was a whole thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think also part of the big reason why I also like the Ravenclaw headcanon is because I feel like Barty, based on what we know, he gives off the energy of like he became a Death Eater because he was so neglected by his dad, mm-hmm. and Voldemort offered this. I believe in you, I trust you, you can do this, you're gonna be, you know, one of my people that I trust, I'm gonna give you the mark. So it's like, I feel like that trauma that he has with his dad is what pushed him toward being evil. I don't think, based on what we know, that he was naturally born, like, yeah, I wanna do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I really like that Ravenclaw head, head canon. Yeah. And so we, then, have, we have his review. Yeah, Moody doing the tongue thing, like, as Moody, was a really good hint that he's mm-hmm. Barty, because obviously at this point we don't know yet. But if you were paying attention that Barty did that, that was a good-ass hint. Mm-hmm. I liked it. You know what I didn't like? How they didn't use the keys to open the chest. Yeah, they just... just a little <laughs> swish of non-verbal magic and all of them open up and there's Moody. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Also, um, this was just my brain wandering. But the Polyjuice Potion, right? Mm-hmm. Again, this has... I'm so sorry, but I just... I have questions. Um, if you take Polyjuice, right? You take Polyjuice and you turn into Isa. Mm-hmm. And then I take your hair as your Isa, and I put it in Polyjuice, and I take it. Would I then also turn into Isa, or would I turn into you because the root is, it's really you under there? Okay, so here's what I think. Now, is this proven? No. But I'm going to go based off of what I'm thinking. Okay. Right. I look like Isa, but it's still my DNA. Right. And so even though my hair looks like hers, if you're taking it, it's still my DNA, and therefore it's still my hair. So, so if I would you turn use it, it in the potion, you. you would turn it to me. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Follow-up question. Okay. <laughs> if you're pregnant. I'm pregnant. And you polyjuice into Isa, who's I'm not pregnant. Great. Where does the baby go? The <laughs> baby goes right back into this little egg. Okay, because I'm like, Isa's not pregnant, so are you just now pregnant Isa, or like, the baby just disappears? Like, I'm like, how does that work? It's a really good question. Same as the opposite, if you're not pregnant, and you polyjuice into Isa, who is pregnant, are you now pregnant? <laughs> maybe the, maybe like your stomach just kind of goes out and in. Okay. You know what I mean? They just, the baby just gets like shoved back in there, like you're like stuffing it up inside okay, you. Okay, sucking it for the... Yeah, exactly. Uh, Alright, last one. Okay. <laughs> Which I feel like this one was already answered based on the first one, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. Okay, yeah. Um, th- my, this one was, if you have sex mm-hmm. under polyjuice and Great. you make a baby, uh-huh. is that baby your baby or is it the yeah. person that you polyjuice no, your baby? because it's still your Again, DNA. Again, the DNA. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought, but I figured I'd ask it anyway. Yeah. Okay, solid. That's the end of my polyjuice questionnaire. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad we figured that out. That was really pressing. Yeah, all right. Anyways, um, there's no serious waiting in Dumbledore's office. Which is stupid because Sirius should be there and I love him. Mm-hmm. No uproar when Fudge lets a Dementor administer the kiss. There's not even a mention of that Fudge that letting a Dementor ha- in to do that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the hospital wing with Harry and Dumbledore Amazing doesn't ways. send off Sirius to get the gang back together. He doesn't send off Snape for some mysterious mission. 
whatever. Yeah. Also, in the speech for, like, Cedric, he doesn't say that Voldemort killed him. No. He just said he died. What the heck? Yeah. Like, that's a big thing. You're supposed to be like, listen, your parents don't want me to tell you this, but Cedric was killed by, like, Voldemort. Like, what? What? Yeah. I know. The other thing that, I mean, we did talk about this earlier, but um, when we were talking about how they kind of skipped Barty Crouch's backstory with his mom and stuff, Mm -hmm. that is kind of brought up in um, when they're, like, figuring out it's him. Dumbledore goes, contact Azkaban. I think they'll find they're missing a prisoner. That implies that the switcheroo with his mom never happened. Like, he literally just escaped and they didn't notice. Because I was like, damn, that, yeah. Interesting that they wouldn't notice. Yeah, right? I'm like, I feel like that's a, especially if he was convicted of being a Death Eater, I feel like you would have (laughs) a little more security there. Yeah. Which also, I think it's funny that in Prisoner of Azkaban, they make this really, really big deal of, like, Sirius Black is, like, the first person to escape Azkaban. Like, that's crazy. Like, I can't believe he did that, and it really gasses him up. And then in this book, we find out, actually, no, he isn't. (laughs) Barty Crouch Jr. did it first, and he was Mm. never caught. Apparently. That's two escapees they've had now. But they also never mentioned when he escaped. Well, they say that, um he was sentenced to Azkaban and then he died a year after going in. So that implies that... But they said that in the book. Well, yeah. They didn't mention it in the movie, so they could have... He could have just escaped later on because, I mean, if he had been... If he had escaped after that year that he was supposed to be there and died, then he would have just been free roaming because he wasn't controlled by his dad. So was he just lying around? I don't... Like, I think that he must have gotten out recently. If we're going to make it make sense, maybe in, like, the commotion of everyone looking for Sirius, he managed to slip out unnoticed because they pulled Dementors away, yeah, things like that. Maybe. Cause, yeah, that's a good point because that does mess with the... Even, like, ignoring the movie, like, book-wise, that mm-hmm. messes with the timeline because he does say that he died a year after being sentenced, but that was in, like, 19, what, 81? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is 14 years later. Yeah, there's no way Barney had him under the Imperius for 14 fucking years. Hmm. Yeah, that does mess with the timeline. Yeah, because in the movie he wasn't under the Imperius at all. Yeah, exactly. So in the, yeah, in the movie, so it like, makes what sense. was he doing? Was he just lying in wait? Like, yeah, like just. I guess he was with Voldemort because he was in the beginning scene. But Voldemort wasn't had to have a so body, true. so he would have found him earlier. Yeah, he would have found oh him but instead of Quirrell. Okay. Yeah, none of this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so in the movie, I guess we're just gonna have to assume that he escaped after Sirius, instead of being out of Azkaban as long as he is in the books, because he wasn't being controlled and all that, there was no switcheroo, so maybe he just used the guise of, like, all the commotion to get out. Yeah, okay, yeah, we can go with that. They were focused on Sirius, so. That's Mm -hmm. our man, in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And then I do love, um, the scene of the trio, like, at the end, I think it's, it's a really cute ending for a freaking, like, normally sad and, like, dark Mm-hmm. like ending like this is where it's like serious like he's back mm-hmm. but in the movies it's all like by derm string by bow battens bye guys they're all like i, I kind of like it. they're all hanging out in the courtyard and like wishing each other like a good summer and all this yeah and then we get crumb like inviting like telling hermione to write pen pal yeah which is i you know i like that better because in the books he invites her to go visit and pen pals is better with their age gap <laughs> true so so I'll, true i'll take it yeah that's one of his two little lines but yeah and then basically that's where the movie ends yeah i like this movie yeah i enjoy this movie um i think you know it makes sense and i like the way it goes but looking at it mm-hmm. which i think is what we say for every movie like it really does make a difference watching them right after you read the books because yeah. you're really honing in on those details and i think you know this one was 
quite more like more drastically different than we had seen with the past three which makes sense it's longer they're fitting it into like the same amount of time ish yeah and also like there's a lot more details in this one like plot details yeah. not just like visual details like the first three books there's more plot like nuances that they would not have been able to fit in the movie yeah and I know I normally do um, fun facts for movies, but I kind of already spit them in throughout the episode, Perfect. so I don't have any to do at the end. So we can just go ahead and do our jokes, yep. which I won. So go me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you do first. I'm going to go first. Um, I'm actually kind of proud of this one. Okay. <laughs> I hope you like it. Where does Barty Crouch Jr. like to take naps? Where? On his Barty Couch Jr. <laughs> <laughs> On his party. Okay, I like that one. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. What's a wizard's favorite sci-fi movie? What? Wingardiums of the Galaxy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. I was thinking it was going to be like a Star Wars thing. Yeah. I like that better. That was good. I like that one. Nice. Alrighty, that's all for us this week. Thank you everyone for listening. Next week, we will be discussing our Hufflepuff episode, and it is time for our fourth special guest, so make sure you tune in for that. Yes, and also make sure that you follow us online. Our Twitter is, of course, SlitherClawRev, and our Instagram at SlitherClawReview. And then, as always, if you guys could leave a rating, comment, review, or just tell your friends if you enjoy this podcast would help us a lot, and we appreciate it. Thank you guys. Until Until next time. time.